When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Athletics Life Stories with your host, Chris Broadbent. I could be in the final of the Swedish Championships one day. That would be awesome. And Swedish high jumps, they have done everything else. They have broken the world record, the European record. They won the world singles and outdoors and the European singles and outdoors. Plus, no one had ever won the Olympics. Actually, did a book a couple of years ago, Swedish Sporting Moments, built in Lego. Uh, welcome to Athletics Life Stories with Chris Broadbent. Today I'm joined by one of the greatest high jumpers of all time, an Olympic champion, world and European silver medalist, and four times world indoor champion, Stefan Holm of Sweden. He also holds the world record for height differential, having jumped 59 centimetres above his own height. Stefan, it's good to meet you. Good to meet you too. Good. So tell me about uh, growing up here in Sweden at uh, Forshagen, I've got that right? Yeah, Forshagen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Tell me about your childhood there. Uh, it's a pretty small town, yeah. uh, 20 kilometres north of Karlstad, which is a, sort of a hub for athletics in, in that part of Sweden. So I always was interested in athletics as a kid, uh, but I was playing football. Of course, my father was a football player, so I wanted to be a football player myself. Yeah. But uh, at the age of 11, Patrick Sjöberg broke the world record here in Stockholm. Okay. Uh, and then he won the world championships in Rome the same year. And uh, yeah, I've, I played around with high jumping at school and so on. I won a school competition and then I joined a club in the late 1987 and started competing. But that was the moment, was it, seeing Sjöberg win in, in, in Rome in 87, yeah? Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a coincidence because he, he broke the world record, he won the world championships. A girl in my class in school uh, was competing in athletics, yeah. so she talked me over to, to join her to a training. Okay. Because that wasn't in my, my hometown, that was a town like 20 kilometers southwest, mm. so you had to travel a bit for the training and stuff like that. But we worked that out and I started training and yeah. Started to happen for you, good. Okay, and were you a goalkeeper in football as well? No, my father was a goalkeeper. Okay. I was, uh, I, w- I wanted to score the goals because <laughs> I didn't want to be like my father. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, uh, I didn't score that many goals though. So, <laughs> so it was high jump for you. And when did you first realise you might make something of this? You might be able to follow someone like Schoberg. When I was uh, when I was fourteen, the the Swedish Championships were held in in Karlstad 
so I was there watching yeah. and uh, it took like two meters to to qualify for the final and the same year I jumped 183 and I felt that I can jump two meters I could be in the final of the Swedish championships one day that would be awesome yeah so then I realized yeah if I can jump at least two meters maybe I can not make a living but at least do some bigger competitions around in Sweden and that would be fun because as a football player I only played local teams local clubs and we didn't even won the league in a year so I mean high jumping was more fun okay okay and what about I mean you're not you're not a small guy but in terms of high jumpers you're not the, you're not the biggest guy either was, was that the same when you were a junior as well yeah I, I was always the the short kid so that was always fun in the warm ups when no one really you know cared about the little guy <laughs> and then I started jumping as high as the big guys did uh, so that was a good thing I think that was a good mental thing for me as well knowing that I could beat the, the bigger guys yeah. and uh, and there were there's always been smaller high jumpers around like Charles Austin or Hollis Conway or Soren Matei so yeah Patrick Sherberg was the the main high jumper in the world at the time but there was also shorter guys around Yeah. and I, I had to look at them and realize that if, if they can jump high I can jump high Good, good. And then you started to make progress, didn't you? Quite. I mean, you, you became. You started to get picked for European juniors, world juniors, that sort of thing. What? what do you remember when you got that first uh, international vest and what that moment was like for you? I competed at the European Youth Olympics when I was seventeen okay. in Valkensvaard in Holland. I ended up in fourth place, but still, just yes, to compete for a country was something special. And the same year, I qualified for the European Juniors in San Sebastian in Spain. So, I mean, that was something. Just going abroad, competing, mm. jumping in for the national team, and get to know these these people. The, the coach of the, the the junior team in 1993 was Anders Jadrud, who was Olympic champion in steeplechase in, in Montreal. Okay. So I mean, okay. that was also just due to meet him because he was an Olympic champion. Yeah, yeah. Why we? Why? And then you, you you kind of you went through the grades, didn't you, in your career? Really, you you went through you know European in, European juniors, world juniors. You weren't winning medals, were you? But you were just getting gradually better year on year on year. What was that period like there from about 93, well, in the 90s, really? I mean, in one way, it was a bit frustrating because I was so close to a medal. Yeah. Uh, I was close at the European Juniors when I was 19. I was in the France at the World Juniors at 18. Uh, and then I jumped the, the Universiade and I jumped the European Indoors, the World Indoors, and I qualified for the finals, but I never really, really made it to, to mm. the medal. Uh, and then fourth place at the European Indoors in Ghent in 2000, and then fourth place at the Olympics in Sydney. Mm. That was that was a lot of frustration. Yeah. But also, I knew that I'm I'm getting better and better all the time. I'm jumping high for each year. I'm getting more and more competitions over 2:30, and my my time will come. Yeah. And it finally did. Yeah, so you're keeping the faith all this time. Are you just believing in in the process? Yeah, yeah because I. Uh, y- y- even if I didn't broke my personal best every single year, I always get higher top 10 competitions or top yeah. 5 results. So I knew that I'm getting better and better. I knew that I could beat anyone any given day. I mean, I, I beat Sotomayor a couple yeah. of times, and yeah. he's the greatest ever. Yeah. And I beat other great high jumpers, and if I can beat them once, I can beat them again. Yeah. And then I could beat them all <laughs> the same day. Yeah. So I, I try to always see some sort of positive things and knowing that I'm getting better and better all the time okay and tell me about that first Olympics I mean it was a, it was a special Olympics anyway it was, it was a it was one of the greatest Olympics of all time yeah. Sydney you know, massive crowds record breaking crowds what 
I will, you finished fourth. And yeah. uh, it was special in many ways mm. because at the time we had a, a really good team coming up in Swedish mm. athletics with me and Kajsa Bergqvist and Stefan Strand and Robert Kromberg and some others. We were born pretty much at the same time, mm. mid-70s, late-70s. And this was more the first Olympics for more or less all of us. And yeah. we traveled together. We had did, done the European Juniors, the World Juniors together. And now we travel together to the Olympics yeah. all the way to Australia, all the way to Sydney. <laughs> so it was very, very special for just to, to do the Olympic Games. And I realized during my first qualifying jump, I looked up at the Olympic flag, you know, finally here, finally <laughs> at the Olympics. So that was that was huge. And um, I did good. I ended up in fourth place. I was really, really close to a medal. And yes, I was very, very frustrated right afterwards. But I also knew that four more years, it's my time. It's your time, yeah, yeah. What about the, what's the difference, I mean, you've been through all the championships at this stage, what's the difference between going to the Olympics um, and going to, you know, Europeans or Worlds? And I mean, the, the obvious it's multi-sports, but, the, but the, the sheer intensity of it, it's another level, isn't it? For, for me, I mean, I always loved the Olympic Games. I realised when I was watching TV when I was eight years old, Sarajevo and, uh, and Los Angeles in 1984, I right. realised that this is something special. Yeah. It's something bigger than the rest that I've yeah. seen on TV before. The, the Olympic Games, and it's once every four years, goes back to the to antique Greece and everything yeah. like that. So I just, for me, it's, it's that special with the traditions and uh, the opening ceremonies and all these sports at the same time, living together in the Olympic Village. So, yes, at that time, the in the beginning, the World Championships in athletics was only once every four years as well. Yeah, but the Olympics, it's <laughs> it's something extra. It's special, yeah. And could you enjoy yourself at the Olympic Games as well? I mean, what do you, what do, you do after the Olympic Games? You've still got you got uh, you got all your friends there, the rest of the Swedish yeah. team. We have. Uh, I worked together with the mental coach, and we had spoken a lot about that because the Olympic Village, it's cool. It's something yeah. extra, especially for the first time. And I knew that I competing the, during the first weekend of athletics, and that's going to be the last competition of the season. Yeah. And then I got one week to go. I could explore Sydney, I could explore the Olympic Village, but as long as I'm competing, just keep your plan until the competition is over, and then I can spoil myself in the <laughs> Olympic Village if, <laughs> if I want to, or back down, downtown in Sydney. Yeah. So I really, really focused on my competition until I, that was over. Okay. But I mean, I love the games, I love the village. I think the Olympic Village, that's the best place in the world. Yeah, yeah, unique place, yeah, yeah. Um, so beyond then, you obviously got some encouragement and some uh, you know, confidence from Sydney, even though you were fourth. Uh, you won the World Indoors the next year, a real breakthrough moment for you, that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, all that fall after Sydney going into the indoor season, I was, I was working with one mindset, I'm going to be on the podium in Lisbon. Yeah. I'm finally going to get a medal. Yeah. I turned 25 years old a couple of months after Lisbon, but it's my time to finally get a medal. So if I had gotten a bronze medal, I would have been so, so happy. Okay. And then I ended up winning yeah. a very chaotic and complicated competition, but I still won. And I mean, I could call myself the best in the world. I could be on top <laughs> of the podium listening to the national anthem and yeah, that was that was ecstatic. But it was also hard to go back training again because I've been so focused on getting a medal in Lisbon, and then okay. I won, and then going back to to the daily routines of training that was hard. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, you got to double your efforts there, yeah. You had a special relationship with the indoors, didn't you? I mean, you you won four, four world yeah. indoor titles. You did, was it two couple of European indoors as well? Yeah, two, yeah. So, I mean, was it, did you prefer indoors in a way, or...? Not, I mean, I never felt that I preferred indoors. Okay. That, that's so weird because athletics is an outdoor sport. Yeah. At the end of the day, but but I loved competing indoors. I loved the it was tight and there was all these high jump meetings in uh, indoor small indoor halls in Germany or Slovakia or whatever. But uh, I think it suited me better. I don't know why. Actually, I had no idea. Yeah. But. Uh, it was also easier to peak your form indoors because the indoor season is very, very short, maybe five or six weeks, yeah. and you can just go all in for it. Outdoors, it's 17, 18 weeks, a lot of competitions. It's harder to, to maintain the form for such a long time. So I don't know, but I can't say that I preferred indoors, but I know that I jump higher indoors. I won more major championships indoors. I have more of my highest jumped indoors, but I mean, a great Swedish summer night, that's the perfect way to high jump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Did you ever compete in any any of the? Um, and what's your thoughts on the specific high jump only events? Uh, which is, there's a bit of a. I did yeah, that a lot. You did that a lot, yeah. And, yes. I, and I loved it. I mean, uh, we had Eberstadt was still the, the big thing outdoors for yeah. high jumpers, and a lot of indoor meetings, Arnstadt or Banska Bystrica or whatever. Yeah. And that was fun. That's the funniest way of high jumping. Just to keep it really, really tight. Only high jump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. we did. We did a few of these last year in Sweden for the for the kids and the best Swedish high jumpers, and that's good. It works. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into the big one then, the, the Athens Olympics. Um, does it still give you goosebumps when you think about the Athens Olympics? Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's it's a great memory. I can't mm. say that I think about it a lot, but uh, mm. remember that night. Remember everything that happened, what led up to it, and the competition. I mean, it's it's a very very special thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, take me take me into the, into the competition itself because it was a you won Olympic gold, fantastic. But the way you won it as well, you had to. There was a high pressure situation there. Where you had yeah. to you had to nail that. You had a last chance. That to, it could it could, have, it could have been all or nothing, wasn't it? That that, that, that two yeah, thirty four I mean, jump. Yeah, I, I stood there. I was down to fifth place in the competition and uh, having final attempt at two thirty four. And I mean, I, I had won eighteen competitions in a row leading up to Athens. Right. I won everything. The world indoors that season, I won every competition outdoors. The end goal on here in Stockholm and Swedish championships and whatever, I won it all. And I stood there, the last attempt at 2.34. But the thing is, I had, I had cleared 2.34 in training six days earlier in, in Cyprus on a training camp. And I knew that if I could do that in training, I could yeah. definitely do it here yeah. at the Olympic final. So that jump, that's probably the best jump I did in my career, clearing 2.34 in my third attempt. Yeah. And then knowing that I'm still in the competition I still got the chance and mm. 236 was the height that out of the four jumpers left in the competition I was the only one that cleared that outdoors ever so I knew that I still had my chance here yeah there was there something psychological there for you you, you knew you, you, you're you the top man that season you got over the bar you're back in the competition but the, your opposition must have also gone oh <laughs> yeah I think so because I had uh, I had done the same trick three competitions in a row leading up to the games right. actually I did it at the Swedish Championships I did it here in Stockholm I did it also down in Malmö clearing in a, a high that I really, really had to clear to stay in the competition and win the competition yeah. so I knew that I I can clear a height in my third attempt and I can still turn this over and win the competition and when Hemingway failed his first at 36 
I definitely knew that I had the chance because if I clear 36 with my first then I would be back in the lead and Hemingway would have to clear 38 yeah. to beat me and Baba and Nieto who was left they they already had to set a personal best with 34 mm. so they were pretty much done yeah yeah so first time over and then what's the moment like when you when you know it's 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 you've won I mean there was a lot of relief because yeah. there was a lot of pressure going into the Olympic Games as a huge favorite and also during the competition with yeah. all these failures but also of course a lot of happiness because I had I had dreamt about the Olympic Games since I was eight years old yeah and Swedish high jumps they have done everything else they had broken the world record the European record they won the world's indoors and outdoors and the Europeans indoors and outdoors but no one had ever won the Olympics so that was my chance to be first with something as yeah. a Swedish high jumper yeah so yeah that was that was a special moment yeah. but as I said also a lot of relief but if, if there was ecstatic happiness in Lisbon becoming world indoor champion the first time that was mixed feelings with relief also in, in right. Athens. Okay, okay, I see, okay. What was the, you talked about the, the Swedish team at the time, there was, um, it was a special time for Sweden, wasn't it? You yeah. had, you know... Yeah, we like, had Christian uh, Olsson. Olsson. Yeah, and Karolina Klift. Yeah. yeah. Karolina won the the night before. Okay. And Christian won the same night as I did, so cool. in, in time of four, 24 hours you got three gold medals. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a great time for Swedish athletics. And we also had Kaisa Bergqvist. She tore her Achilles a month before the Games. Mm. She could have been there and definitely gotten a medal. So it was fun times. Mm. Did it Did it, was, did it? encourage you? Did it give you more confidence seeing other Swedish athletes achieving at the top level? Yeah, I would say especially Kaisa. Because when Kaisa won the European Indoors in Ghent in 2000, yeah. I really felt that if she can win, I can win too. Yeah because I've known these girls for so many years. We've grown up together, we had done the <laughs> European Juniors, the World Juniors, a lot of Grand Prix meetings and high jump galas and whatever, and if she can win an international title, then I can do the same. Yeah. So that was definitely encouraging. Okay, okay, good. Special time, yeah, good, good. Um, let's go forward then. So you, you obviously, the uh, next few years you did, um, you're doing good, you got uh, well, European doors, World Indoors, but the next Olympics, you finished fourth again. The second time you finished yeah. fourth, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, how, how was that? Was it? Uh... That was. I mean, I, I I was fourth in in Sydney. I was fourth at the Worlds in Edmonton and Osaka, and then I was fourth again in in, yeah. uh, in Beijing. Yeah, that was that was tough directly after the competition, and uh, because I knew that it was my last Olympic Games, it was my last major championship, and I would retire after the season but on the other hand I had my gold from Athens yeah but not getting a medal in Beijing that was tough that's hard yeah. because I think I deserved that but three guys jumped high yeah yeah and you you retired soon after that didn't you that was yeah it. yeah but that was the plan all the way so it that had nothing to do with Beijing but it was still hard, tough to to not get a medal yeah you're quite younger weren't you 30 I was 32 mm. I had been around for yeah, for 12 seasons I jumped to 30 or higher mm. and mentally I was soaked out and it was four years to go to the next Olympic Games okay. and yes the World Championship is fun the Europeans are fun but the Olympics, the Olympics. and I knew that I, I will not be in London I will not be good enough to jump high in London and be a part of the of the competition Hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, okay. What about, what, what about the, you've talked about a lot of the championships. What about the, on the circuit? Where did you particularly enjoy competing in, in terms of the, the, the Grand Prix circuit? What was your favourite venues? thing is that uh, during my days we didn't have the Diamond League we mm-hmm. had the Golden League and we hardly ever had Golden League for men's high jump okay. we only had that in 2000 and then I didn't do that many competitions on, the, on that circuit and then in 2005 we had the Golden League that was the only times mm-hmm. so usually it was women's high jump and in 2004 uh, we didn't have the Golden League we, didn't, we have one I think uh, IWF Super Grand Prix mm-hmm. that was here in Stockholm so we didn't really get to jump the biggest competitions. Okay. And that was a bit boring. Uh, but I like, I mean, Zurich is wonderful competition yeah. and uh, Stockholm is great and I love Monaco. I jumped very well in Monaco. Okay. And, uh, but I also enjoy the smaller meets like the Eberstadt High Jump Gala and so on. I, o- I also did a lot of competitions here in Sweden because we have the Swedish Grand Prix meets. But yeah, I would have loved to jump more in Zurich or Brussels or Paris or Rome or whatever. Yeah. What's the best part of a lifestyle uh, uh, when you're an elite athlete? I mean, I love high jumping. I love sports. I love athletics. It's just to, to be there, to yeah. uh, to meet all these people, to see the world and to uh, to get to see great athletes. Yeah. I mean... When I was when I was growing up, if there was sport on TV, I was watching. Yeah. So just being inside the stadium <laughs> when the sport is going on, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay. And how did you deal with retirement? Did it, was it hard to retire, or it's a bit, it's a big adjustment, isn't it, from going from a travelling around the world and being in, the, being in the championship arena to yeah. But how do you find it? Since I I, I took the decision myself, mm. and it was I as I said I knew that after 2008 season I will retire mm. so that made it so much easier to know that I've done this decision myself I'm not injured mm. I'm not retiring because I'm not good enough anymore I'm not retiring because I have to so that was actually quite easy but I mean I will always want to be a part of, of the high jump scene again we were down in Ostrava last year me and Melvin and he was that was like his yeah, first really, Melvin, yeah, yeah. yeah it was like his first really big Grand Prix meeting okay and I felt that I want to be in there, jump with him, <laughs> just be there. I met Baba, who was third in, in Athens, and Swatoslav Tone, and other of these Czech high jumpers. And we were talking and, you know, meeting all these guys again. And uh, I want to be part of it. You got the, uh, got the itch, yeah. 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 But I know that I, I can't jump that high anymore. Okay. But uh, there will always be a little, a little you know, part of the... Uh, yeah. 
Because you still dabbled a bit, didn't you? You've done some masters competitions, haven't you? I done I done a few back home, mm. but uh, on a on a very low level. Yeah, I still managed to have two meters at the age of forty-two, but okay. it hurts too much, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not. Yeah, it, it's a great feeling to stand there, and it's it's still. I mean, if I jump one sixties, yeah, clear the bar, <laughs> but it's a bit ridiculous too. Okay, okay. <laughs> because it's so far away from my my best days. Okay, how do you how do you do? You, is there a way you satisfy your competitive urges now? I don't think I have to anymore. Okay, really. And uh, watching Melvin compete, it's pretty much the same feeling as being in there myself. Okay. because you're nervous and you're tensed and yeah so it's it's not exactly the same but it's close enough I think okay and I'd love to still be part of the sport yeah tell me about Matt, Mel- Matt Melvin then he's his progress he's uh he's 18 now yeah. turns 19 in October he he jumped very very high at the young age he jumped two meters at the age of 13 mm. to 17 at the age of 15 then he got injured uh, that was the end of 2020 he got big injury in his hamstring so he's only jumped to 18 still but mm. he uh, he's yeah he's Swedish champion indoors and outdoors and uh, he's going for the European European juniors this year and hopefully we can finally get a little bit higher jump yeah. to 20 and then you hopefully can go higher too can you, can you see how it's, it must be challenging for him to be your son I mean there's nothing nothing you can do about that but well, it's challenging for him isn't it yeah it was it has it has an expectation already on him you know yeah he, I mean when he jumped he jumped 180 when he was 12 years old and of course Swedish media got bananas completely yeah. Yeah. and uh, I understand that but yeah. they also understood that we're trying to uh, to keep a little bit calm but at that time when he was so much better than me compared to, to the age so so to say it was so much easier I think it was easier when he jumped to 17 at the age of 15 and now he jumped like 194 at the same age yeah okay it must have been so much easier but now we're pretty much even okay he's 18 now I jumped I jumped to 20 right after my 19th birthday mm-hmm. so it's now it's a little bit tougher and it's been a few years now that it's been hard to be the son of your father Mm. But I think he gets older, he realizes what it's all about, and hopefully starts listening to me again. <laughs> <laughs> he's a teenager, though, so. <laughs> he is. He's, he's still a teenager, and he has to find his own way. Yeah. And I really, I, I said to him when he was, you don't have to do high jump if you don't want to. I mean, you don't have yeah. to do athletics, you can do whatever you want to. But I started coaching a couple of girls back home in Karlstad, Sophie School, Olympic finalist in, in Rio. Yeah. Uh, and he, he joined me to the indoor hall, and he wanted to jump. He wanted to win that school competitions, and yeah. then he started competing. And as they say, the rest is history. And now we're here. Yeah, yeah. So you're very closely involved with athletics, aren't you? But you were a member of the IOC for a long time, weren't you? And yeah. and and you've got the role here with the um, Stockholm Diamond League now. Uh, I guess it'll always be part of your life and now athletics. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I always loved sport. I always wanted to to work in sports in one way or another. Yeah. And being a part of the IOC was fantastic. As I said, I, I love the Olympic Games. We, we had a, a workshop with the IUC Athletes Commission and uh, we got all these Olympic mascots and we should say what, what Olympic they belong to. Okay. And that's that's a question for me because I love stuff like that. Yeah. And I, w- I was so disappointed that some of the other 
in the Athletics Commission. They didn't know this. Because <laughs> that's why I'm here. I'm here because I love stuff like this. <laughs> I'm not here because, you know, I have to decide stuff. And I want to be part of it because I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the Olympics. Uh, and it's the same thing with athletics. I love being part of it. It's I love the sport and uh, trying to see it evolve and get better and get more crowds in the stadiums and get in better competitions. Yeah, yeah. Let's just step out of athletics for a bit because I understand you write some novels as well, some romantic yep. novels. Yep. <laughs> which is I'm actually surprised to hear about. Yeah, and they're, they're, you've got quite a few books out, haven't you? The romantic novels. Yeah, in we're, in we're releasing our first novel, actually. We're, we're writing a couple of short stories, but we're okay. releasing our first novel uh, this Friday, the 7th right. of July. Okay. And what, me, me and my girlfriend. Okay, and what's it called? Humans That Belongs Together. Dreamers English. That Belong Together, yeah? Humans. Humans That Belong Together, yeah. okay, okay. So it's a love story. It's it's a feel-good novel. How did you get into, the, into that? How did I, I always loved writing. Okay. I was writing some chronicles in the local newspapers. I've been writing chronicles for the Swedish Athletics Federation and stuff over the years as well. And uh, me and Jessica, my, my girlfriend, we uh, we uh, we joined a, a short story competition, and we happened to win. Okay. And then, oh, we have to 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 do more of this, and we started writing more and more. And then we uh, we got a, a question from a, from a book company if they if you wanted to write for them. Yeah, of course we want to do. That's okay. fun. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a great side project, and I, as I said, I always read a lot of books. I always loved writing, and I always wanted to write something like a, a novel. Okay, okay. So you're quite romantic, then, are you? Ask my ex ex wife about that one. But <laughs> <laughs> Jessica says yes. My ex wife would said no. So <laughs> maybe I, I have grown over the years. <laughs> it's life. It's life. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that I understand, you're quite into Lego, aren't you? As well, yeah. you're quite a fan of Lego. I, I mean, I was a huge Lego fan as a kid. Yeah. And then I put it aside for a couple of years. I went into my dark ages, as as the Lego fans say. Uh. But then when, when Melvin was born and he was into Lego as well, I I came back to okay. the world. Okay, good. And what's your greatest creation then? Oh, it's hard to say. I actually did a book a couple of years ago, Swedish Sporting Moments, built in Lego. Okay. Uh, we were going to, to do uh, an English version as well, but... We, didn't, we never did that, so... And let me let me have a guess then, so so I guess you do... Schoberg, have you done a Schoberg, have you? Yeah, he's there. Okay. Kaiser Berkvist is there as well. Kaiser Berkvist. Zlatan, Zla- 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 yeah, the, the goal against England. <laughs> that one against yeah. the overhead kick, yeah. And some of these winter sports, of course, Sweden is a winter course, sport yeah. country as well. Okay. So it was 21 biggest Swedish sporting moments. In Lego. Recreated in Lego. All right. <laughs> that was fun. I'll look that up, that sounds fun, yeah, okay. Um, so tell me... How do you sum up your career then? Having you look back now, do you? I'm satisfied. Yeah. I, I I always say that if someone had told me when I joined that first training in my athletics club that when you retire in 20 years you will have jumped 232, you will have won a bronze medal at the European Indoors, you will have won three Swedish championships, I would have been so happy. Yeah. So looking back, what I've done, I mean, I can't be disappointed. I know that I could have won more. I could have gotten more medals, I could have jumped higher. Mm. But I mean, there's no need to be disappointed about what I achieved because yeah. I'm happy. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Stefan. Thank you very Great much. Great to meet you. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Athletic Life Stories with Chris Broadbent. Please tell your friends and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.